0: baptism. Every one of us here, just about every one of us here, is baptized. For most of us here, that baptism happened eons ago, and we have no memory of that event. Even those who might have been baptized later on in life who have a memory of that day, was there much of an experience of God's grace in that moment? Because baptism is intended to be a gift for us that changes our life. That gives it new meaning and new direction. But does baptism make us any different than the people that we know in our life who are not baptized? What does it feel like to have those gifts given that are promised through that sacrament? What is that experience like? What does it offer? Because it's intended to mold and shape the entire way that we live. But do we let it? So what are the gifts of baptism and what is that being, that is being offered to us? So we go back to where it starts. Jesus' baptism in the Jordan. First question we can ask is, did Jesus need to be baptized? Did any of the things that are promised in baptism, did Je- Jesus need any of them? Did he need to be adopted as a son? No, he was the son of the father already. Did Jesus need hope in eternal life? No. He knew exactly where he was going after his life on earth was done. Did Jesus need to be freed from original sin? No, he was without sin. So why was Jesus baptized? One ancient Christian writer wrote that Jesus entered the waters not so that the waters might change him, but that he might change the waters. And this is what we remember through our Christmas season. We began Christmas with Christmas, where we remembered and recalled the gift that God became flesh in the Son, in Jesus, that God decided to live and dwell among us in human form, to be one like us. And today we finish the Christmas season with his baptism because just to dwell among us wasn't enough. He didn't just want to come and hang out for a while and then go back home. Jesus wanted to bring us to the Father. And so by becoming one like us, he desired that each one of us might become like him. So that everything that he already has by nature of being the Son, we can receive by adoption through baptism. So that we can hope to be with the Father. This is the book ends to the Christmas season what does that mean? What does that offer us? Because we can talk about this theology of baptism and the promises given, but what is that for us here and now and in this life? could think of it like a magnet. We, a magnet, is drawn to the other magnet, as long as it's pointing in the right direction and is properly magnetized. Baptism magnetizes us for God. It draws us continually to Him, so that no matter what choices we make in our life, no matter how much sin we have in our life, we are continually drawn to Him by virtue of the gifts of baptism. Now, a magnet can be demagnetized if it's not used properly. And a magnet, if flipped in the wrong direction, is actually repelled by the other magnet instead of being drawn to it. That's our sin in our life, that demagnetizes, that flips in the wrong direction when we choose sin over the gift of our baptism that God gives us, to draw us continually to Him. It's God's initiative first. God initiates drawing us back to Himself. And so for us as Christians, faith that is given to us in baptism isn't first a result of our logic, of reason. Because if it was about our reason and our choice for God, then we would never baptize infants because they have no ability to make that choice. The initiative is first God's. He magnetizes us to draw us to himself. But to what end? Why? And I think we turn to the symbol of baptism, water. Water, when it is contained in one place, it's not a good thing. Water that stagnates kills everything in it. But water that's allowed to flow freely all ends up back in the ocean, its origin and its source. That water is part of this whole system of life on earth. That one drop is part of this bigger story. And in our life, the gift of baptism gives us the freedom to be able to return to the source. But again, our sin is what would want to enclose that water and keep it in place. Our limited understanding of our life and our limited choices holds it in place. And our sin can spiritually kill us. Baptism frees us so that we can return to where we're intended to be. It's God's initiative so that we can be where we're intended to be. That grace is continually at work in our life, even when we don't perceive it, even when we don't feel it. That's the gift given continually. Our role is the role of the baptism of John the Baptist. There's an importance in linking the baptism of John the Baptist with the baptism of Jesus. John the Baptist is about repentance. Jesus is about a gift of the Holy Spirit and of fire, God's initiative. The baptism of repentance is the rejection of sin to make way for that gift offered by God. It's getting everything out of the way that would prevent that gift of God from becoming what it's always intended to be. That's our part. We get out of the way so that God can do what he wants to do in us and through us. And there's three ways that we do that in living out the Christian life. The first is habituation or creating habit. Now, when we think of those words, sometimes they have a negative connotation. I want to break that habit. Or when we think of habituation when it comes to psychology, it's the idea of becoming desensitized to something. But habit can be obviously a good thing, too. Your heart has a habit of beating. That's a good habit. If it breaks that habit, that's a bad thing. So the habits that we create in our life of faith, the habits of the sacraments, of mass, of prayer, allow that sin to get out of the way to make room for the work of that grace of God in our life. The second is assimilation. Again, a word that can have a negative connotation because often what's thought of with assimilation is that I lose everything that is me and I become part of something else. But assimilation is more about conforming to something that is good. When we're driving on the road, conforming to the rules of the road is a good thing. People who do not conform to the rules of the road are dangerous. So in what way do we conform our life to become like Christ? In the ways that our actions and striving for virtue in our life put us in line with the gift that is given in baptism. And the final one is participation that sometimes that also has a negative connotation. That as a participant, I'm just an onlooker. I'm standing by and watching what's happening. But when you are a sports fan and you are participating in that sporting event, you don't feel distant from it. You are emotionally invested and involved in whatever is happening with your team. But you're participating. We are participants in that life of Christ by virtue of our baptism. And the way that we read and pray with the word of God is the way that we enter into that story of Jesus that he is living out in us. Meditation on the mysteries of the rosary are the way that we meditate on that life of Christ, that story that we're a part of. Through habit, through conforming, through participating, we allow sin to not block what God is already working in us. Because what I find often, as Christians, what we do too much of is we think and we put too much effort into everything that we aren't yet. I'm not holy enough. I have too much sin in my life. I have too many bad habits. I need to get over it. I need to get over it. I need to grow. And we start to forget the gift that we already have. We are already sons and daughters of God. We don't have to become that. We are that. We have to live from that. It's that grace that turns off your microphone in the middle of your homily. (laughs) Should I see that as a divine sign to be quiet and end? (laughs) We are already sons and daughters of God. We don't have to become that, but we have to live from that truth and our role in that is to remove what would get in the way from that being true and that directing and shaping the way that we live because if by habit and conforming and participating we become adopted sons and daughters of God then we share in what Jesus is given today so that when the father says to the son you are my son the beloved in whom I am well pleased. Those words are true to each one of us. You are my son, you are my daughter, my beloved, in whom I am well pleased. So what's one thing in our life, whether it's growing in a habit, whether it's conforming to the Christian life, or whether it's participating in that mystery, what's one thing that we can do and grow in so that we can let our sin get out of the way? so that the gift that is already present in our life can grow. That we can allow that grace of God's adoption, of the hope of eternal life, of the freedom from sin to grow in our life. So that we can allow that magnetism to draw us continually to God. That we can be like the water that flows freely to what our intended purpose and end is. That's the grace of baptism that's always at work in our life, whether we're sitting here at Mass on Sunday or for every one of your relatives that are not here. That grace is at work. That is the gift of baptism, drawing us to the Father, freeing us so that we can be where Jesus is, because the Son came to dwell among us and was baptized so that we could be like him.